Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris, and his voice is Parker, and we watched Old. Old is a movie by M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, Parker, yeah. you said this would be a surefire episode. We would have things to talk about. And as I said off mic to you, for most of this movie, I was, well, I don't know about most. I guess like a third of this movie, I was like, I don't know. I guess I kind of get it. They just get old on a beach. What's the big deal? And then things happen that change the direction I was going in for my notes. Well, I mean, I have to say, whether you like this movie or not, and I, I don't know... I'm not sure how I land watching this a second time, but uh, regardless of your opinion, boy, uh, he goes for the premise. You got to give him credit there. You know, yeah, I have to admit that like most other directors, I think would show a little bit of restraint here, and he's just like, no, no. But what if you really did get old on a beach? And I'm like, well, I, what, what I all could you do with that? that? Well, all right, so you have to pry her open and pull out this growing tumor. You're like, okay, well. Oh, all right. Let's you got me. I'm in. Like, let's. Before go. we get to one of the most important parts of the Parker, do we have any news? Uh, I mean, I would love to talk about the new trailer for the new Obi Wan show, but our resident oh. Star Wars fan isn't here. He passed away <laughs> oh, on the man. old yeah, man we beach. We gotta save it. See, we can't talk about. It. We gotta save the good <laughs> stuff. I mean, he's got. He wants to talk about the Inquisitors. What's been going on on Tatooine? How much he loves Tatooine, how much we love spending time on this dirt planet and going nowhere else ever. He loves that. He was telling me about it earlier. It's why he loved the Book of Boba Fett so much. But it'd be rude to talk about it without him. So, uh, you know, he actually FaceTimed me the other day and he told me that what he really likes are callbacks to like the classic original trilogy. Yeah. He's like, people really like Star Wars and they like the classic Star Wars. That's what made it famous. So, yeah, I'm sure recognizing the characters he likes. Yeah. He knows who that person is, and it reminds him of a better time in his life. And exactly. that's good. Yeah. The only one he doesn't like is Yoda, which is, I think is kind of weird. But Yeah, yeah I don't know, understand. Folks. I, he's not much of a Muppet guy, what can you say? I don't know. Yeah. Alright, well, uh, with that set aside, uh, let's get to our Jerks of the Week. Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. I will go first. My Jerk of the Week is Pete Davidson, that rap bastard with butthole eyes. He was DMing Kanye on Instagram. Kanye West, he's a rapper. And uh, he was. He said, look, you gotta leave Kim Kardashian, Kanye West's wife, alone. Because she's just trying to be a mother to her kids. And she's the best mother in the whole wide world. And I know this sounds like kind of familiar to you, but my mom was a better mother than Kim Kardashian. And I just want to <laughs> have that set in stone. <laughs> Man, good thing this is all happening now and not, like, right after my beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy. Because I'd be way more conflicted on this whole situation. Oh, right, yeah, I made a good album in ten years. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, Who's your oh, jerk? Man, I, I could just say my jerk of the week is the concept of daylight savings. But I just want to throw 
a character I saw this week, and you can decide uh, if he's your jerk or your hero. I mean, listeners at home, I don't want to tell you how to think. But I was driving to the store, and parked in the parking lot was a massive RV with a giant American flag on it. And in big capital letters, it said, Let's Go Brandon. And then underneath it, it said in all caps, I didn't vote for him, and I'm still black. And standing in front of this <laughs> RV was a heavy set middle aged black gentleman selling Blue Lives Matter flags. Uh, is he a good person? Probably not. Does he believe this? I don't know. Is he making money? I had to go to that store twice that day because I forgot shit. So four different trips, going, leaving, going, leaving. He was selling something to How many someone else. Did you buy? So I mean, you know, enough. That's all I'll say about that. Turn the man your is making on. You money. You have one of the hats on. I, the ten gallon Look. maga hat. <laughs> ten gallon. Look, man. I if you're gonna live in a capitalist system, you might as well participate in it. You might, you know, dance with Whoopragia. So Look, I don't know if he believes owns... it, but he was able to like put paint on it. A big ass fucking RV, like a huge thing, <laughs> custom paint job all the way around. Like either he really believes in this cause, or he is a man looking to retire early. So uh, maybe good for him? Question mark. I'm not willing to plant my flag because I did not talk to the gentleman because I look like I do, and that would have been a problem. Oh man, that. Fucking rules, dude. <laughs> Good for him. Maybe. Absolutely. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Okay. All right. Uh, let's get into what we watched recently. I watched... I'm going to skip that. I'm going to tell you about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The 2003 version. Oh, yeah. The good one. Hey, so you know the original, right? Like this... I won't say masterpiece because it's got a lot of issues, but like just a seminal work in horror that just is constantly referred back to, and how it's yeah. Just I told grimy. Alex last episode is like even if you don't like that movie, you have to respect it. Like it's just grimy and disgusting, and you can fucking smell the dead animals just watching. You can watch the movie mm-hmm. in the middle of a snowstorm and an hour in, you're like picking off gnats, like sweating in a wife beater. Like you just feel immersed in that movie. Isn't it be cooler if it was like just slick and stylized? <laughs> Isn't it fun you know just to take be, all the personality of it and make it a 2003 nightmare? You know the, the thing that makes the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre scary is that like all the people in there are basically unknowns, and these feel like real people. Like This could actually happen if you wound up in the wrong part of town. Yeah, uh, what, if, what if one of them was Arlie Ermey? <laughs> exactly. What if he's on screen more than Leatherface? Is that good for you? This fucking nobody. No one's going to know that guy's face or his fucking voice. <laughs> Which uh, replaceable 2000 starlet was it? Was that Jessica Biel? Yeah, that was Jessica Biel. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, it doesn't have the same weight as stumbling upon this grainy-ass footage that's like, Hey, where did you find this tape, and is it okay if I watch this? It takes the fun out of it. It's just yeah. a standard 2000 slasher, which... As you've come to learn, hey, 2000's uh, Slasher's not great, as it turns out. Yeah, as it turns out, yes. You know, the other thing about it is that, remember the original one, how... I have to admit, this is a bit of heavy heavy lifting on the part of the viewer, but if you go back and kind of mentally place yourself in 1974, and if necessary, like, watch some other movies, especially horror movies from 1974, you realize, wow, the Texas, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre was... 
not necessarily gory, but it was probably, probably gorier than anything else out there, and it sort of put you in a mindset of what gore would be there, you know? It, it kind of left it up to your imagination. How about this movie, where it cuts away from all that stuff? It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa we don't want... I mean, there might be kids who snuck into the theater. We won't want them to see. We don't want anyone to get scared or anything from this fucking movie. Uh, no, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre... I have to say, I, I hated this one more than I hated most of the other uh, movies on the list, and I will admit that I kind of cheated here. I have to admit, I, I read Roger Ebert's review of it. I kind of think he's right, you know? It's like, because it's so bad. And what makes it so much worse is that it's a remake of... I'm not calling the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre a good movie, because I don't even know if I really like it. But I respect it. And I respect that a lot of people worked really hard on it. And it launched the career of Toby Hooper. I even pronounce his name correctly, just to put some some respect a, on it. A man like, who's made some good movies yeah allegedly. some good movies a guy that likes at least some people like you know then you get it's the like texas chainsaw massacre one of, one of them maybe spielberg actually made no yeah knows? also yeah his best movie was almost certainly spielberg <laughs> but like <laughs> the thing about it is like what i think what eber found so insulting was not just the fact that there is nothing to see here which i have to say uh, dude i have a thousand movies like that and i'm almost done watching all of them but this one's so much more insulting because there was something to look at with the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There's nothing to see here. It's just it's just bad. It's just boring. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but at least the Devil's Rejects had something to look at. You know? At, at least House of a Thousand Corpses had something to look at. Boy, well, it's time to, take a, time to take a step back and reevaluate how yeah. you've gotten to this point in your life. Yeah. That, that is, how many uh, Best Picture nominees have you seen this year? <laughs> <laughs> After, i still that's the weird thing it's like you know like we have a movie podcast i still have not seen licorice pizza <laughs> <laughs> i'm open netflix and power the dog is right there i'm like yeah yeah sure maybe next time <laughs> so i actually saw a couple movies that are in the same sort of vein as the texas chainsaw massacre one of which is wrong turn the only movie in the wrong turn franchise <laughs> man is that on the list Yes, it is, actually. Sucks. Yeah, I have to admit, I like Wrong Turn a lot more than Texas Chainsaw Massacre because it's not a remake of something that has any uh, use. But it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre, except less gory and also just kind of shitty. There's just nothing Correct. good about it. Uh, the main character's name was Chris, and he drove a Mustang. So, an entire star for that. It was very easy to place myself inside of this movie. Now, the next one I watched this, was that. <laughs> and I let you know, hey, just so you know, in the sequel, they do like a reality show living in the woods, and Henry Rollins is the host, and they get killed off. Did you feel just a cold chill run down your spine as you I, felt I the felt... original? Like, because if you watch two of them, you, your toes are already in the water. You're going to finish it. To say that I felt anything at all when he sent that to me is <laughs> a bit of a stretch. Just locking up, staring at the phone while the Annihilation music plays behind you. Exactly. Dude, I, was, I Wrong Turd has the opening credits, right? And I think it says Stan Winston worked on the special effects. I'm like, oh, that'll, that'll be something to look at. Uh, no, he just does like the inbred makeup thing. You, you know, the guys you see for like a split second and then they like die. There's like nothing there. This is, there's just no point to watching the whole thing. Fucking hated it, man. So, no point it's in watching good. Wrong Turn. 
Yeah, uh, I should have known that, but you know, you didn't warn me first. Another thing you didn't warn me about, like, you tell me a lot about these horror movies, and there's a lot of stuff I learned, and honestly, I actually find a lot of this stuff very interesting, but one thing you've never told me to do is to avoid French horror movies, and I wish you would have told me this. Yeah, someone because... should really tell you that. Someone needs to get on you. <laughs> they just added, like, six of those to Shudder, and I'm like, if she hovers over nope. one of these, we're gonna have a talk. <laughs> Here's the thing, honey, French people are not people. This is called The Ordeal, also known as Calvaire. This movie... I've never heard of this in my life. (laughs) This one is... It's a lot like the wrong turn, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, guy goes into the wrong part of town. I'd call it, like, reverse home invasion, because his car breaks down, right? And he he shacks up at this inn, run by this one guy who's, like, a little bit off and doesn't really, like, listen to what he's saying. And then the guy basically takes him hostage. I don't know if that qualifies as a reverse home invasion maybe it's just a kidnapping movie but it's really really annoying it's not even gory it's more like the it's kind of like the funny games thing is we're just going to annoy you a lot and that's the horror of it it's uh it kind of reminds me of uh the interrogation scene from uh ace ventura when nature calls where he's just touching his own eyeball (laughs) yeah imagine if everyone in in that scene was speaking french well you have the ordeal uh what makes the ordeal so much worse than all those other movies is that it's deliberately uh esoteric no one's really quite sure what's going on here they're trying to be weird at various moments or just like whoa wait what's going on here why are they doing all this and then you realize that it's basically like Tarsum. Remember Tarsum? Uh, that guy who you did uh, the cell and shit like that? Yeah. He's a guy <laughs> oh who's God. like, Bowser, like, ooh, ask me what it means. Ask me what it means. Fuck you. All right. Next one I watched was, uh, I-, I told you guys, hey, I need a new anime to watch. You guys recommended the big O. So instead, I watched Cromarty High School again. Piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, give me something. Here you go. No. <laughs> Well, as it turns out, Kermarty High School, it's its always fun to, like, revisit something that you liked when you first saw it, and you're like, oh, does this still hold up? Do I still like this, or was I full of shit? Kermarty High School is still good. It's still really good, in fact. It holds up as one of the best dubs in anime history, if not the best dub in anime history. And it is so much more impressive because it's difficult to get humor across uh, when it comes to translation. Like, certain things don't translate, right? That's why you see, like, translator's notes for anime sometimes, right? And in a dub, it's even harder because there's like a tone of voice thing that makes it even tougher. And even tougher, toughest of all probably, is the timing because the characters speak with a certain like rhythm and everything. And that doesn't translate from Japanese to English. Somehow, Cromartie High School pulls it off. I was very, very impressed. It still holds up. Uh, It is my all-time favorite anime. Yes, I like it more than Cowboy Bebop. Yes, I like it more than Paranoia Agent. Yes, I even like it more than Outlaw Star. Which Alex said he really likes, too. Yeah. Uh, uh, shame he died on that beach, though. Man. Yeah, from oldness. Too soon. Okay, so, Parker, speaking of anime, did you ever see that movie Akira? Akira? Whatever it's called? Yeah, I heard of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. I really like it a lot. So it turns out the same guy who made it made another movie called Steam Boy, which Michelle has been beating down my door to watch. And uh, finally put it on, and it is Okay. I'm not going to watch an anime with boy in the title. I, I'm i sorry. I've been burned too many times well, by that country. Even even if it has steam in the title? Okay, hang on. Actually, I have to admit. Stop the scene. Th- this is, I, I am sort of ripping off one of the other comments on Letterboxd, but it's true. 
there's way too much steam in this movie. There is <laughs> way too much steam in this. Like, I, I actually got annoyed with how much steam there was. Uh, it kind of reminds me of a movie that you've never seen and will almost certainly never watch called uh, The Thief and the Cobbler, which was an animated movie that was created by the same guy who did the animation for uh, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It was supposed to be like his masterpiece, right? The problem is it, it took so long to complete because the animation was so intricate that he actually died before it was finished. So it had to be recobbled, uh, to coin a phrase. Nice. And you can actually search for The Thief of the Cobbler recobble cut on YouTube, and it's actually worth watching. It's quite good. Do not watch the version that they put out on VHS. That that movie really sucks. Uh, but the the one you can find on YouTube is pretty good. Anyway, uh, the, the reason I compared to that got is... got it. I'll watch it. They are right. He got him. The reason I compare it to Steam Boy is that they were both extremely expensive. Both have great animation, and when they were finally released, they're just like, yeah, it's pretty good. You know, it, it just doesn't quite hit that hard. Sometimes, like we we have these lost movies. You know, those things we've always wanted to be completed, but we never got a chance. Uh, Yodorowsky's Dune is a good example. We have to face the fact that there is a real possibility that maybe those movies aren't going to be world changers. Uh, but, you know, that's just the way it goes sometimes. Uh, speaking of world changers, uh, you know, the best comic book movie from 2005 was not Batman Begins. It was A History of Violence starring Viggo Mortensen. That movie is really good. No, I'm kidding. Batman Begins is better. But A History of oh, Violence Josh is like good. <laughs> <laughs> he, I tried to get him over tonight to watch it. He was like, oh, "I'm tired." So my name is Josh, and I talk like this. A history of violence. Uh, it has Viggo Mortensen, fresh off the success of The Lord of the Rings, looking more normal than he ever has. <laughs> I think that's like one of his skills is just looking like some guy, uh, and that's kind of what makes it work so well in this movie. See, here's a weird thing about David Cronenberg, the director is I've seen most of his movies by this point, and most of them are body horror. The man just does body horror really well. One of the other things he does is he writes his own movies, he directs his own movies, he edits his own movies, he does most of the work on his movies. Like, those are David Cronenberg movies. This one, admittedly, is actually based off a comic book, uh, he, which he I, somehow he didn't even know that, but uh, he did some edited writing and everything and changed some stuff around, so it is very distinctly Cronenberg. Uh, in a good way, because for a movie with no body horror whatsoever, unless you include Ed Harris's side of his face, honestly, like, I was kind of surprised by uh, how much I like this, because David Cronenberg isn't necessarily making body horror movies, he's making movies about people. That's why The Fly works so well, that's why Videodrome works so well, that's why Scanners work so well. That's why his earlier movies aren't that good. Cause, uh, yeah. But History of Violence is very good. I will say that a lot of people are like, yeah, it's you know an exploration of how violence in small-town America spreads. I'm like, yeah, it only briefly touches on that. It's also dealing with some other stuff that they're doing. Uh, there is a, a great performance by William Hurt, who's in the movie for maybe ten minutes. And uh, as soon as I was done watching this movie, he died. So, um... Damn. Weird so, did that fuck up the post credit scene? To set up the larger history of violence universe. <laughs> I was reminded of you visiting a red box. <laughs> we gotta bring that back. Oh wow, wrong turn remake. Dead. <laughs> Dead on the floor. Sorry, uh, Scott Hall, it's my fault. <laughs> Razor Ramon found dead. Uh, man goes the local red box for that Disney raccoon movie. Oh, okay. Snake Eyes, sick. <laughs> Snake eyes! Okay, so... One final one. To prepare myself for old. Parker, pop, quiz, hotshot. 
What is M. Night Shyamalan's third best movie? Uh, not the one you watched. <laughs> I guarantee it's not the one you watched. Yeah, it is in fact not The Village. Although some Ooh. people tried to convince me otherwise. <laughs> uh, you know what? Every movie is someone's favorite, and that's great for them. I don't Except understand. The village. <laughs> Let's talk so, about Adrian Brody. <laughs> there is so... <laughs> we have to skip right to talk about him. He's doing Simple Jack before Ben Stiller did Simple Jack. It's so fucked up. Dude, it fucking kills me, man. Like, he's just doing the... Did, did he just win the Academy Award for Best Actor in The Pianist? Yes! Like... <laughs> <laughs> you said the thing. We have to go see the new Master of Horror, the next Spielberg's movie, starring this guy who just won an Oscar. Oh, no. (laughs) Is he going to do that the whole movie? Oh, he is. He's in most of the movie. He won't leave the movie. (laughs) So, one of the problems here with uh, The Village is two main things come from the fact that we already know the twist. One, people already know that, like, here's the thing about The Village, like, no matter who you were on planet Earth in 2004, when The Village was announced and you saw the trailer and you saw M. Night Shyamalan's name, you guessed the twist. And then you watched the movie because you're like, well, I, I didn't watch Signs, but I watched uh, the the first one he did, uh, the, the fucking 1999 one, Sixth Sense. Uh, not really his first movie, but I don't fucking care. And uh, I like that one. Maybe this one will be good. And maybe the twist will be something I don't expect, but the twist is exactly what you expect. <laughs> and it's really, really shitty and boring. So that's the first problem is that, one, people see your name and they immediately know, oh, no, you're the twist guy. So they start guessing things and they don't just let the movie play out. The other problem with this is that it means you're an easy read because The Village was the easiest twist to guess perhaps ever. So I'm kind of wondering, what if there was like a kid born in 2005? Because no one has ever really talked about The Village after it came out, you know? Like if The Village came out and people were like, oh... And then he did, what, The Happening? No, I think the next one was a, a fucking Lady in the Lady Water. In the water. And <laughs> yeah, then yeah, The right. Happening. <laughs> what a good movie. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, what if there's a kid who was born, like, 2005? That kid would be, like, 17 years old. Or, like, you could just go ahead, put on The Village. Like, maybe you won't guess the twist. Maybe you don't know who M. Night Shyamalan is, right? There's a possibility of that. So I kind of wonder what that person would be. And uh, so I, I have to admit, I went into this one... Already knowing the twist, it's just like, okay, forget about it, I already know what's going on, can I watch it that way? Here's the problem, when you guess the twist, or not even when you guess the twist, when you see the twist in uh, The Sixth Sense, and whether it's easy to guess it one or not, it, it doesn't matter, because The Sixth Sense is both eminently watchable when you don't know the twist, and when you do know the twist. That's why it made so much money, people said they had to go see it a second time and watch it with the knowledge that twist of uh, Sixth Sense here. In The Village... It's boring when you don't know the twist, and it's somehow more boring when you do. Uh, I And what makes me so upset about this is that there was an idea here, and it, and it wasn't just based on the twist. Like, the twist is only a means to an end. It's not like, oh, what if they don't know that it's modern times all along? It was like, no, 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 he's trying to tell a story about violence in America and how people retreat from their problems instead of facing them head on. And... That's a good idea, and it's important to talk about, and that's a useful subject. And he does it with William Hurt and Sigourney Weaver and uh, uh, Adrian Brody's in it. Uh, fucking um, oh, the the other guy is really exci- oh yeah, Dallas Bryce Howard and 
Joaquin Phoenix uh, the, is mumbling the Joaquin whole time Phoenix, again. Yeah. yeah, Jeffrey Eisenberg is in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He looks stupid. Yeah, that movie's not also... I'm not Shyamalan, isn't it? Because he, he's such a good Oh, actor. you mean his five-minute monologue where he explains the yeah, twist boy, of the movie and the science so... behind how it works? Yeah, which you no, can you just see, like, uh, we, uh, we we don't fly over, okay? I yeah, don't care. no, we know. It's we get it. <laughs> like again, it's like once they reveal the twist, like why they did this thing, like that, like I get it, and I I actually kind of like that part of the movie. It's the only part of the movie I actually kind of liked. And then you see this, you're like, oh no, you know, everything else leading up to is just so boring. I like I don't mind having a blind protagonist. I know how much you liked Rogue One, but like. This is just—I so, mean, sorry, oh, hello, Alex. Blow. Okay, yeah. thank you. Oh, rest <laughs> in peace, man. Sorry you got so old so fast. <laughs> yeah, it's just so dull, and there is no reason to ever watch it. Well, maybe Unless his next us. one. <laughs> you, you would talk about a movie that I didn't see in theaters. I'd love to go back in time and be in there opening weekend and just hear the sound of an entire crowd turning. When you see the cars <laughs> drive by, I'm just oh, like, the, you've got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> you go to a Philadelphia theater, there's one guy in the back, I fucking knew it! <laughs> <laughs> Sir, put down the horse shit, please. <laughs> oh, god damn, I hate going to movies like this. <laughs> happy you rescued that and only that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only one I needed. Parker, what did you watch? Oh, buddy. Well, as we mentioned before, uh, Alex is not here because he died on the old man beach. So uh, let me just say what he was going to say. Uh, Since he is also in a relationship, he was also told, hey, you're going to watch the new Disney Panda movie with me. So I encountered that as well. And I will say, it's pretty cute. It's the first Pixar movie I've seen in like three years. I was like, oh, this feels like it was actually made for children. And not for millennials who want a cartoon to make them sad. So that's nice, at least. It actually has a target audience that isn't people in their 30s. That's that's pleasant. I had a good time with it. like I laughed a couple times, which is more than I can say for a lot of these Pixar movies. That's a good point. Good good time, honestly. I still don't understand why Disney is dumping every single Pixar movie straight to Disney+. It feels weird to just cut their own feet out from under them. I don't know. Seems like some petty shit going on there, but what do I care? So I started filling in some more of the few John Carpenter holes I still have remaining. So before I get to... Holes? (laughs) I have... What I mostly have is the not good 90s ones, but I still had Starman. So you know what? Yes! Dove right into that. That movie's really fucking good. Thank you! Yes, I, I really like that movie. It's a sweet movie. It's a little love story with a horrific alien baby transformation that is one of the most haunting things I've seen all week. Yeah, Jesus that Christ. one's hard. <laughs> it's weird that that's the only one of his movies that ever got nominated for an Oscar. And it was just the that's lead insane. actor got nominated for Best Actor. That's insane. He's never got nominated feel... for Best Score. That is the strangest thing in the world to me. It's triggering me hearing you say that out loud. Yeah. Uh, I had a really good time with it. Mm-hmm. For like my entire life, I've gotten it confused with that movie Star Kid. <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, very oh, what kind of corny <laughs> shit is this going to be?" I was like, "Oh no, this is this is not that. This is a real movie." Okay, yeah, this is not an anime. So the eighties. 
No, Starman's good. I uh, I really like. I think I mentioned it when I watched it. I, I saw that scene where the the lead actress, whose name escapes me now, she's watching old uh, home video of her and uh, her husband, and and she's like kind of crying while watching it. And in, that's been done in like every other movie ever made, but in this one, it feels real. It feels emotional, and it's like wow. This guy can develop a touching romance better than most romance directors can. Like, this movie's better than Love Story. So, uh, yeah, I, I like this one a lot, too. And also, it's really good from a science fiction perspective, because it's about something. So, I feel like this is one of those movies where, if he had John Carpenter in an interview and he was giving you his grumpy answers, if you mentioned this was one of your favorites, he'd probably perk up real quick. He'd probably I, I agree. I think he... <laughs> I think he would stop frowning, and he would be like, well, you know, the the story behind Starman's uh, pretty interesting. You know, uh, I, I just had my son, and, you know, there would be things about birth and everything, and rebirth, and what it means to pass things on to the next generation. And he'd be like, oh, can you play the Halloween theme again? And he <laughs> The next question just, is, uh, why do you feel about the thing being a bomb then, but people liking it now? And he just sulks back <laughs> into his chair, like, great. 13 more minutes, and counting. <laughs> He's just looking at his watch the whole time. 12... 1159, 1158. You did this. Stop talking. You all did this. Dude, did you see the the video of him where they got him to play, to try to play the Halloween theme on one of those, like, Nintendo, like, piano toy things? fucking cardboard thing? Yeah, that cardboard thing. He was outraged the the whole time. I think at the end of the movie, he's like, I I don't know what the fuck I'm doing here. I I don't even know why I'm here. I could be watching the NBA right now. He can be playing 2K, not wasting his time with these morons. Yeah. He's right. That guy Fuck them. He really... Yeah, dude, seriously. At this point... Why haven't we given up as fast as John did? <laughs> Speak for yourself, buddy. I checked out years <laughs> ago. It's like he... Um, he just... He just like... He puts his little fingers right by the keyboard. Like, he's gonna fucking play this. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody Evan Shekelman, <laughs> if you're listening to this, and I know you are, we're thinking of you. Uh, what was the other John Carpenter movie you watched? Oh, well, I downloaded Memoirs of an Invisible Man. I was like, you know what? This is going to wait until next week. Yeah, I'm really good that, idea. Village of the Damned. And then I saw The Ward once, like a decade ago, so I figured I might as well yeah, save it for last and actually yeah. watch it. And then I think I'm done. Yeah. Oh, yeah, speaking of uh, movies of his, I know you didn't like the Elvis one. Did you see the trailer for the new Elvis thing that's coming out? Boy, did I ever. <laughs> yeah, it's got Tom Hanks as Colonel Parker. I'm just like, jeez, uh, when did he start playing villains? Oh, boy. I Look, These movies are not for me, and they will never be for me, and that's fine. Like, I'm, I will I'm never watch that Elvis him. again. I will never yeah. think about it again, but it got him to meet Kurt Russell, so everything happens for a reason. He, he actually, you know, that's a good point. That's, you know, as long as we can glean some sort of positivity yeah. out of this. Glass that full. Yeah. Like, I'd like to... Let me actually, let me check Letterbox because this seems like a movie that Alex yeah. would have watched if he were still alive. So give me mm-hmm. just one second here. Again, he it's died on the Old Man Beach. Yeah, he was here. He was there this morning. He was sending his pictures. And then he got really old, his dick and balls grew, and they got all saggy, and he stepped on him, he tripped and fell, and then he turned to bones. And we're all very and sad And now we have it, vaccines, we so it. the orange man is gone. Yeah. What did you watch? Thank you so much. <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, I don't see this on his list, but it's something he would watch. It's a movie I found on Hulu called Sea Fever, in which uh, these people go out on this boat, and uh, they get 
uh, caught by something. And they're like, well, what the fuck is this? And they see this weird, gross, nasty little barnacle on, on their boat. And they start sticking their fingers in it, as you do. And one of them's like, all right, <laughs> go out there and figure out what the fuck this thing is. So someone puts on the scuba gear, dives out, and there's these giant, long, translucent, like, glowing blue tentacles on it. And they're like, ah, uh, something's fucked. We gotta get out of here. And then the infections start. And Alex, as you sit up there in heaven, hear my voice. Uh, there's a scene where one guy gets infected with whatever the thing is. And he starts rubbing his eyes. And uh, someone checks him with a little flashlight. And you see just something moving it really quickly. And you're like, oh shit, this is about to get real bad. And he's washing his face, and all of a sudden he's like, I can't see, I'm blind. They're like, hey man, what's going on? And he looks at the camera, and his eyeballs explode. And then it cuts to the sink he was washing his eyes in. It's just full of blood, and then a bunch of teeny tiny little parasites go down to the drain to get in the ship's water supply. So Alex, um, when you come back to join us on this uh, plane of existence, I look forward to hearing your thoughts about it. Because that is exactly your kind of movie. A group of people stuck on a boat with some weird monsters. This seems like something I would not want to watch just from Absolutely that not. Alone. Yep, yeah. not for you. Absolutely not. Yeah. That's why I dedicated it to our uh, dearly departed friend. Dearly departed. Yeah. Of course I'm referring to Razor Ramon. Yeah. <laughs> Gone too late. Two more here. So uh, a movie dropped on Hulu as well. It turns out Fox is, or Disney is just dumping all of their Fox movies on Hulu instead of bothering to deal with theaters. So they put out a new one uh, on Friday called Fresh, which I didn't know much about. I just knew it starred uh, one Sebastian Stan, a very handsome person. So the movie's a uh, little under two hours. And for the first 30 minutes, it plays it completely straightforward. It's a woman, she's going on dates, she's having terrible luck with it, she bumps into him at a grocery store, they have a little meet-cute, ah, uh, they meet up for drinks, they have fun, they get together, they meet up again, he's like, hey, we should go on vacation. He makes her a drink, things start getting fuzzy, she passes out, 30 minutes in, title card drops, credits roll, I get hard immediately. Because I love that move of like, boom, movie starting, let's go. She wakes up in a basement, chained, and immediately I'm like, Honey, pause this. Let me check something real quick. Let me make sure. Let me <laughs> make idea. sure. Good idea. But no, no, no. It's not that. He, Sebastian Stan, my beautiful Bucky, sits there and tells her, Hey, so, uh, it's no use fighting. Uh, this is going to happen. So, uh, I'm a chef and a doctor, and I'm going to cut you up, and I'm going to sell you to really rich people, and they're going to eat you. And that's just how it is. And uh, you're going to be alive for a while, because it tastes better if it's, you know, fresher meat. So, uh, we're just going to be here a while. And then you have like an hour and a half of movie of her trying to deal with this situation and her friend trying to find her. It was very good. I had a great time with it. Because I didn't know... This is another one not for me. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Not for you at all. But boy, my sister recommended it of all people. So yeah, it does run in my family as it turns out. Jesus. What was the name of this movie again so I can avoid this? Fresh. Alright, yeah. It is... Not on the list. Yeah, you're fine. Not yet. So, let me tell you the legend of a warrior from the forest. A warrior <laughs> named Chuck Norris. When I hit play and see an Aaron Norris film, my whole body goes in defense mode. So this opens with a campfire tale of the legend of a brave Native American question mark warrior named Chuck Norris. 
who fights off the white man and is shot. And before he dies, he's given the power of the bear, the wolf, and the eagle. And he becomes a shapeshifter who stays on the mountain forever to protect it. You remember what I said before about how the absolute bottom of the Barrel Kids movie is, hey, we need to protect the forest? Hey, guess yeah. what, buddy? Still <laughs> fucking sucks. Yeah. But, early on, we meet our, who we find out is like one of our main kids, because there's like five kids, they go like, oh, we're going to vacation, or do, there's some shit, there's some camp out there, it doesn't matter, I was doing my best to pay attention. It's a fucking Aaron Norris film about saving the environment. But, uh, they're all hanging out there, these evil land developers want to take the land, because of course they do, and they want to blow up their treehouse. Which we'll get to. But before that... Isn't the uh, music in the background like the... It's like the Chips Ahoy theme, but slow down. It's like billowing fog and everything. In the first act... So we get the opening narration and flashbacks to Chuck Norris, who looks like Forrest Jesus. But the little girl walks her drunk dad home. And she tucks him in on the couch, and she goes to the window like a fucking, like, 80s bit Bible cartoon, and she prays, Please help Mom and Dad and save the forest from the evil land developers. Amen. And then outside in the woods, Chuck manifests in the woods and whispers, Amen. And turns into a bear and runs off. <laughs> <laughs> so what follows is like, 20 minutes of stupid bullshit and the kids run into a baby bear in the woods and the bear is stuck and it can't get out but the evil poachers threaten to shoot him they're like you can't do that and the the lead poacher's like yeah you're right I'll fucking skin him and he pulls out a big ass knife cut to a hawk flying in frame flying closer 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 as it's in midair swooping in it transforms into chuck norris midair and he does a flying kick to this guy and sends him into the trees <laughs> was it worth it just for that scene yeah <laughs> honestly yeah because <laughs> after this they uh the poachers wait till the kids are off playing in the crick trying to catch fish and shits and they load up the treehouse with dynamite and the kids go back because one of them gets hurt. And one of the kids in the baby bear gets trapped in the treehouse and almost die in the explosion. They almost blow up a kid like fucking Maggie <laughs> Gyllenhaal in the Dark Knight. <laughs> but don't worry, uh, the powers of the animals in the forest are also put in her. And then they're able to stop the, the people in the forest to save again. Two good scenes. Uh, worth it solely for those... God damn it. I hate, hey kids, you should really step up and save the environment. Like, I'm not going to stand in front of a bulldozer. Go fuck yourself. I don't care. I live in a suburb. I haven't seen trees in years. <laughs> I mean, you say that, but, you know, when you got little Parker Jr. watching that little Red Tail movie with you, you know, whatever it was called, <laughs> that stupid fucking Pixar thing, I don't even remember the title. Is it called Red well, or something? Well, look, you see. Your anger makes you into a panda, so you need to compartmentalize that anger and say the N-word on Xbox Live like that did. <laughs> and that's how you get it out. All right. Grow up to be big Let and strong us... and live a long time, unlike Scott Hall. <laughs> Got him. Who well, you've learned about, right. young man. <laughs> you've paid attention to your lessons. All right. <laughs>
Are you ready to join Alex on the old man beach that makes you old? Uh, yeah, let's let's go on a little fucking safari. On oh, we don't have safaris on beaches. Uh, let's go on a vacation to the beach. Okay, so M Night Shyamalan. After the world's most boring opening credits, no, not Devil. Old. We're doing old now. Uh, actually, you know, before we talk about, it, I want to talk about uh, three movies that inspired this that I've seen. Okay, the first two are Walkabout and Picnic at Hanging Rock. These are two Australian movies. They're part of the Australian New Wave. They came out about in the, like the nineteen seventies, and they're some of the most boring fucking movies I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. Like they're critically acclaimed because they're like, oh yeah, they're really they're really introspective. They make you think about nature and the power that it holds over humanity. I'm like, no, these are boring. You know what happens in Picnic at Hanging Rock? A girl gets lost and they don't find her. That's the movie. It, you know what happens in Walkabout? Two that kids good. start walking about. That's the movie. <laughs> it's fucking stupid. And the other movie that inspired this is The Exterminating Angel by Luis Buñuel, which is not Australian. But it is very dull, so works with this movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I've never been to a resort. I don't think either one of us comes from money, so I don't think... No. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, there's like one of those things where they're just walking around the beach, and I'm like, you know what? I can't fact check any of this. I can't really make a joke about it. It's like, that's not what resort was. They went to the resort, we do all this. I'm like, yeah, it might as well be. I don't fucking know. Okay. These are real? I thought these were just in yeah. movies. Yeah, what, what is that blue stuff out there? What do you mean water? I don't fucking know that. <laughs> So, I'm not putting yeah. my feet in it. Fuck yourself. It's yeah. jellyfish so, out there. The, this adventure concerns a couple, uh, a family in fact. Uh, four people, mom, dad, uh, son, daughter, uh, all of different races for some reason. And uh, <laughs> the daughter is named Maddox. <laughs> She's busy pinning the alphabet of manliness on their vacation. <laughs> Uh, she's gonna grow up to be such a great blogger uh i i mean how do you come on you can't just name your character maddox especially when you have another character in here who has maybe the greatest character name of all time but we will get to him uh you should know who i'm talking about anyway uh i do (laughs) yeah maddox maddox i don't mind so much she's just you know she's whatever she is 11 years old at the start of the movie what did he say Oh, hang on a second. <laughs> What's up with this beach? And the other one, and the other one is named Trent. He is six years old. Uh, in terms of like appearance, but like his, he's not even like smart or anything. He's just like, an, I guess, I don't know, it's not nice. Annoying is not a synonym for autistic, which I think is what they're going for here. <laughs> I, I, I think that's what they're doing. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> just want to make sure. For all of our autistic listeners, which is 100% of our listening base, yes. uh, yeah, Trent and is host. not Trent is not just annoying, he's autistic. He's... <laughs> See, because... <laughs> Why don't you put on your newscaster voice? I not just know. annoying, he's also he's... autistic. He's available in your hometown. So the thing about Trent is that he kind of annoys me. In your parks, in your schools, asking you how many Hellraiser movies you've seen. (laughs) It's me. I'm the kid. Imagine you go to a resort. This is your family's vacation. You've saved up for months. All of a sudden, you're ambushed by someone asking you your occupation and how many wrong turn movies there are. (laughs) 
They claimed that they were just trying to enjoy a nice day, and the man asked if they'd ever considered that he is, in fact, left-handed. He knocked their drinks from their drink. That fucking kid... Okay, so the problem with that kid, besides the youngsters, is that he talks like he's an adult, and this reminds me of Signs, a movie I did not like at all, especially the performance of Rory Culkin, who wasn't six years old in that. He was like, what, ten or something? I don't know. But he talked like an adult, and the reason he talked like an adult is he was written that way. Now, this kid, to his credit, is not a bad actor. Like, he's reading the lines that he was given with Gusto. Like, he's actually putting some effort into it. And I have a feeling that, you know, M. Night Shyamalan puts a lot of himself into his movies. And I have a feeling that what he did is he looked at his own kids and he remembered when they were six years old. And, you know, I think, like, all parents do. It's like, oh, man, I can't believe my kid is so smart. He Well, not my parents. But, like, they, they're like, my kid is so smart. Like, he used this so big word. Like, he already knows what precocious means. That's because he is. And, like, oh. yeah, that's why the kid's saying, I am confidently six years old. I'm like, what? Okay. Like, that's not really what... Don't get cute with me, boy. My <laughs> vacation. Do not ruin this. Yeah. Yes, sir. Okay, so, uh... He's just... I don't know. He's just kind of a nuisance. I don't know. I... I kind of bugs me the whole time. I hope this kid grows up soon. Oh. Yeah. It would, it would be better if he was an adult talking like an adult. I wonder what that'd be like. So, anyway, some guy says, Oh, we only include the finest guests to go to our secret beach that's impossible to find. That would be my, my first thing. It would be like, well, if it's impossible to find, how do you know where it is? No, this is a hidden beach for our secret guests. Like, oh, no, we're getting beheaded. Absolutely not. I'll stay in the exactly. room. Exactly. That's like that's the first thing you hear. It's just like, oh, we, we just like you guys a lot. It'd be like, wait, what did we do? What, what, what are you talking about? What's so special about me? Oh, something about you. You guys have a pool, right? Yeah, I'll stay there. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. See, that's just, I don't know. It's fucking, I, I, I thought that the... Uh, it was just kind of a news. I did think it was very funny, though, when the dad was reading the brochure. He's like, what the? No kids allowed. It says no kids at the beach, honey. I don't know what we're, I don't know what we're doing here. <laughs> that, to me, was very... Because it's a classic move. Especially seeing Maddox's face. And she, like, believed it for a half second. So... Uh, That's why she's anyway, so angry online all the time. Exactly. Well, they go to the beach... Bad. They go to the beach, and other characters appear. Uh, oh we have God. a very young woman there with a calcium deficiency. I'm going to call her the calcium deficiency <laughs> woman. Can uh, we just talk for a second about how this script was written by an alien? Yeah. I don't think Emma Shyamalan has talked to a real person in 20 years. Exactly. See, that's maybe the problem with all this. Like, that's a, like I rewatched Unbreakable, and Unbreakable, the only reason that dialogue works is because it's so slow. Like, I, I'm kind of uh, nervous about revisiting uh, Sixth Sense. But this one, like, it's moving a little too fast. For people don't talk like this, you know? So it's not just the like calcium deficiency she, woman. She has that, you know how we found out? Because we cut to them, we meet her at a table, and a waiter comes up and she goes, Hi, I'll have a calcium juice drink. I have a calcium deficiency. Does it have real calcium in it? You're like, okay. Because I, I have a calcium deficiency. And she says, and she I need my calcium. And then she does, like, another thing with the calcium. So, like, she's married to an older man, you know, people like, uh, 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 who brings her mom. I, she's just here. And uh, also, like, their six-year-old daughter. Remember that. And uh, also there is an Asian guy. He's got a black wife. He is That guy is a nurse. Also, the, the guy who married the younger calcium-deficient woman, he's a doctor. <laughs> I have to call her that, okay? She, that's probably how she introduces herself. <laughs> And the black woman does uh, stuff with, like, stress and groups and some boring shit. 
but already on the beach is a rapper. Uh, and <laughs> the rapper's name is Midsize Sedan. Look, I don't care what we say about the rest of the movie. Every single time they said his name, I laughed out loud. It was <laughs> so serious. serious. So and he's never like, no, up. what's your real name? No, it's only, oh my god, Midsize Sedan. Whatever that white woman you were with. Seriously, like, so they get there, and Maddox looks behind. She said, like, "Oh my god, look, that's Midsize Sedan." I, I seriously, I was like, "Oh fuck, he's back." M Night Shyamalan is back, baby. This movie's actually good. Because, <laughs> dude, that joke alone sold me on the entire. It reminds me of like the the ring shopping scene from The Sixth Sense, where I was just like, "That scene alone is enough to make me laugh." Like, fucking, just calling that guy Midsize Sedan is just hilarious to me. So. That one worked. It doesn't make it doesn't take much to make me laugh, but that one really made me laugh. Midsize Sedan is like the it's like the opposite of all those other like names that we've said over the years for this podcast, the ones where I grown. Midsize Sedan makes up for all of them. So I'm really glad that I got to watch this just to hear the guy's name was Midsize Sedan. Stop saying it. Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. You said it eight times in that sentence. You know what? I just want to say it a lot like because a word anymore. Exactly. I'm taking the fun Mid-size out of it. Also he dies. Sedan. Well. Yeah, but I get, I've got some uh, choice lines here that I wrote down. Yes. Most of these were right. from the beginning of the movie. Okay, mm-hmm. can I hear them? Look how big you guys are! I have a drink fountain for you two. There's two hundred fifty thousand furniture-related injuries per year. Twenty-five percent of those are coffee table injuries. And then uh, the he's an actuary. The mother and father who are arguing. She tells him, "We are on a course to separate." And when the woman is having a seizure. <laughs> This is their exchange with each other. I'm a doctor. My wife has epilepsy. I'm a nurse. My name I is Jared. This. You don't. <laughs> there you go, nurse. She's okay. Okay. My name's Jaren, by the way. <laughs> and of course, later I on, tell that was supposed to be a funny scene, though. Like the music in the background, like, this must be dramatic. She introduces herself to the doctor, going, "You don't know me. I curate exhibits for museums." My my daughter is oh, that very fucking, sick. That fucking line. That line was astonishing. It has a real lethal weapon five energy to it, and I don't think it means to. Yeah, seriously, really dude. Was, that was one of the best ones. It's like, I'm telling you this, so I don't stress you. I let you know of a clear and present mind when I say my kids appear to be sick. And I'm like, oh, God, what is this? Uh, it reminds honestly, the, the, the writer reminds me of his other movie, Devil. Remember how fucking terrible that? I think we did an episode on that one. We sure did. Fucking that was movie. a very short one. <laughs> yeah, not much to say about Devil. Okay, so they're out on the beach and they come across a dead body. Uh, she just dies because she's trying to. I, I guess like now that we know what the twist is, well, it's not even a twist. It's the movie is that you go to the beach and get old. Like we saw that in the trailer. Fine, whatever. Maybe she realized she was getting old, so she tried to swim away or something like that. I don't think that's true, because she just started taking her clothes off and, and swam away. Did I miss something there? Was there like a subtle? M Night Shyamalan wrote this. It's not going to be subtle. She's she's just on a private beach, you know. You start swimming. Yeah, she was just swimming away. Meanwhile, mid mid sized sedan. <laughs> hmm. Wow, it's not funny anymore, is it? It's just uh, sitting there. <laughs> you, not even going to the one thing thing you liked about the movie. You took yeah. it from yourself. <laughs> oh, I deserve that. Well, anyway. Well, uh, well. I actually... Oh, hey. <laughs> turns out I also wrote down the... Uh, I curate art for museums. I'm telling you this because line. Uh, <laughs> the, the movie does a lot of... Uh, you know, he, he did a lot of these in signs, especially the, the long takes where the camera moves like 
way over here to way over there. And now we're going to go back. And I will say that this kind of reminded me of like sort of like an old school way to do movies because while you're moving the camera over here, you have people coming in off screen and be like, okay, ship this out. We got a new actor in here. This stuff is different. And then you come back and everything's fine there. I kind of like that because it's kind of like more, not necessarily B movie, but it's a little bit more homemade. And that, that lets me know that someone's putting an effort somewhere. And I like that. Now that being said, <laughs> effort can be misdirected. <laughs> Let's get into it. So the let's so people it. start getting old. <laughs> yeah, do they ever? Well, let's start off with the kids. The six-year-old and the eleven-year-old start getting old, and they the reveal takes way too long. Like they're really like we saw the trailer. Also, we know the name of the movie is yeah, old. You, it's called <laughs> Old. Show me the kid's face. I get it. Yeah, they've taken forever to get over here. I will admit it is a little awkward seeing Maddox is somehow too big for her bathing suit. And you're like, uh-oh, what are we doing here? Spilling out of the sides here. What are we doing? <laughs> and uh, the kid's too big for his bathing suit. But here's not, the thing. Not loving this part he of the says, movie, I'll be honest. No, me neither. This kid says, that the people ask him, how old are you? And then he's like, I'm six. He's like, no, you're joking. You're 11 years old, right? He's like, no, I'm quite confident. I am six. I'm like, uh-oh. See, the thing that gets me is that they're getting older, but their brains are staying the same age, right? Like, I, I think that's what they're doing here. So he's a six-year-old. Yeah. Which, uh... We're gonna hold on to that one. They yeah, established that very early, and I don't love it. Yeah, <laughs> that, that we're gonna hold that one over here. Remember where I told you to hold on to, like, the little six-year-old girl? <laughs> I will not so, hold on to the six-year-old girl. Can't work. Next week's episode, Lolita. So, anyway. No. <laughs> turns out that movie's two and a half hours and in black and white, and the main character's what? name is Humbert Humbert. So. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> and he hears a who. Anyway. Uh, the, <laughs> sorry, that was the dumbest one I've ever done. <sighs> I have the dumbest joke on this podcast. So, the, the old lady dies of old-itis. And uh, they're trying to figure out what's going on here. And the kids are getting so old that uh, Maddox now has developed, shall we say. <laughs> it's, it is, look, it really doesn't feel comfortable looking at it. All right? Like, I get it, and you're going for it. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is what would happen. It's a realistic portrayal of the human body. Right? But, like, well, it's 11 years old girl, man. You know? You've it's, established it's like that she still like, thinks she's 11, so... Uh, yeah, exactly. It's, it's kind of like the inverse of that... Like, the, the thing they do with anime, where the girl looks like she's, like, 10 years old, but really she's, like, a 1,000 years old, so it's not a febophilia, bro. So, like, I, I don't know. It's just <laughs> tough to look at either way. I'm not happy with... Oh, yeah, we forgot to mention, M. Night Shyamalan is the bus driver who drops him off there. <laughs> of course he is. Yeah, because he's got to be in this movie, and uh, I will still... You know, of all the embarrassing shit that I've said on this podcast... Uh, tasteful use of the N-word, uh, uh, the Joker's least <laughs> political movie of all time. I think the one that haunts me the most is saying that M. Night Shyamalan is a good actor, because I confused him with the other Indian guy. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, sense. Reap what you sow forever and ever. Cut all that. I don't even want to nope. shit of it. <laughs> so, uh, and also he's spying on them. 
And uh, they're, they're, they're like, wow, we're all getting old and stuff like that. But really, it's just the kids who are getting old. Like, the actors aren't really doing anything. I will say, kind of a good save on this movie's part to be like, oh, our fingernails and hair aren't growing because uh, they're dead cells. I'm like, oh, okay. Hey, you I, you know what? I, I, I forgot to ask about that. So, okay. Uh, but other things in them are growing. For example, the matriarch of the family, whose last name escapes me, she is growing a big old tumor, and uh, they decide, <laughs> you know what? It's probably best not to have uh, a tumor inside of you. So, quick decision here. Should you remove it? I'm like, well, it's a movie, so he's going to say yes, because otherwise she would just die of tumoritis. So they're like, okay, quick incision here. But they can't because like her wounds keep closing up because her, your wounds heal fast on the island, which is uh, interesting, I guess. But, yeah, you know, <laughs> sure, fine, whatever. Uh so they have to hold their hands in it. I'm like, oh, it's going to be great. Oh, no, it's not. They removed oh, it's this. PG-13. <laughs> yeah. Never they mind. removed this cannonball-sized tumor from her abdomen. <laughs> it is comical looking. It is. Holy you shit. look at it, you're just like, oh, come on. That is ridiculous. <laughs> oh, she's okay. all cured now. <laughs> okay, put it back. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, if, what if we put it back in and see what happens? How yeah, big well, can it get? Everyone's getting old on the island, and when I, again, when I say everyone's getting old on the island, what I really mean is the kids are getting old and the adults are freaking out. They're uh, just getting slightly grayer hair. Not even grayer hair. I, I don't think they got a single gray hair the entire movie. I think their hair actually stayed the same the entire time. I, I, I think it was the, the calcium-deficient woman. Her, her makeup started to run. That's how you know she's old now. Uh, <laughs> but the, the one guy, the, the doctor, the one with the knife, he starts getting dementia, so... He starts going insane, attacking people with the knife. Uh, this leads to a comical scene, but first we have to get to the scene that made me start taking a lot more notes here. The impregnation scene. Oh my god, I could not believe. You can't put this in your movie, dude. Now, I understand no. you're going for it, but this is, this is fucking Japanese as shit. I'm not trying to do anything against it. This is the most anime, 1980s anime shit I've ever seen in my life. Oh, the kid is six years. The kid who's six years old, by the way, six years old. And the other kid who's six years old, they they get older. They start going through puberty. Your body starts going through some changes. <laughs> Just because you go through changes doesn't mean you know what to do. The kid says, "Oh, I do know what to do," but you, did, I thought you had to do it like a hundred times. I did not know what sex was when I was six years old. I still don't no. know what sex is. Hopefully, I never find out. God yeah. willing. There's no way. How did that kid learn what sex is? What movie did his dad take him to? It was like, oh, we just played around a bit. It's like, what? How? Yeah, did... what, do you, what do you mean you were horsing what? around? What's going on? This is not so the, the kid, whose name, by the way, is Jerry Sandusky. Uh, like, <laughs> fuck it. Also, the girl's just fine with it. She's just like, oh, yeah, this is cool. This is fine. This is fun. It, it hurts the first time. I read that in a book. So... <laughs> There should have been blood and everything, and then they then they just eat potato salad with their fucking fingers and everything. I'm like, what is this? Yeah, her this? walking out with the mind of an eleven year old, or no, no, the mind no, of a six, six year, old. year old. I'm sorry, I got her confused with the sister yeah. with yeah. a big pregnant belly, just going hand first into potato salad is more haunting than anything he's done six, since the six. Especially months. when you consider they Jesus can stand Christ. it. So and exactly I had it's... to make that one for Alex. Hope you're okay up there. Missy you, buddy. Anyway. <laughs> so, so uh, the pregnant six-year-old 
walks out onto the beach and they have to perform an emergency birth, which, by the way, they leave her her, her bathing suit on for way too long. My first thought is you're going to want to probably take that off. You're you going to pop that off, kid. You're just going to want to... Sh- Cut that! Cut that! Cut that! Cut that! Uh, cut that! Cut that! One day. Parker said that, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> put that in a little echo on there. Put the God voice. Like, cut up my audio. No, this uh, is why I wish it. someone else like wrote the script because these yeah. ideas are terrifying. The idea yeah. of just watching yourself get pregnant in real time, just like growing spontaneously, not knowing what's happening to you, that is terrifying. But it's been like 45 minutes of these weird aliens talking to each other, asking about a Jack Nicholson movie. Like, I don't know what the fuck to oh, do with this anymore. that fucking thing, yeah. I'm not scared it's, anymore. It's over. It, it's it's like that fucking thing. He does this a lot. He did this in fucking Lady in the Water. That guy who only works out one side of his body. It's it's a per, it's a quirk. It's not a personality. It's certainly not a character. It's just a quirk. And a quirk is his substitute for personalities and characters. And the other thing is like the, the impregnation scene... It's so easily avoided. You can still do the like the terrifying idea of watching yourself give birth in that moment because you had the Asian guy and the black woman. They wrestled in their hotel room before they got to the beach. That could have been it. That You could have done that very easily. You could have been like, babe, what did you eat or something like that? Then, oh, well, no, it turns out I'm pregnant. You could just do that. But instead, no, we got to have these kids and she got pregnant like that. So... Anyway, they have to give birth on the thing, which I... Is shot very similar to the tumor scene. Is that saying something, M. Night? Do you, you're because one of his kids worked as a second assistant director on here, so I don't know. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the baby dies. Which again, like, if I'm into this movie, this whole like five ten minute scene is terrifying, and it's something I think about for like the rest of the weekend, like of not knowing what's happening to you. Feeling it growing inside of you that quickly, going through all of the pain of like, hey, guess what? There's no fucking epidurals here, lady. Just grab the sand and let's go. And then it just dies like five seconds later. That's fucking horrifying. But we're watching old. So it's yeah. like, wow, that was that was a little out of place here. Don't you think so, guys? What are we doing? Yeah. So the, the woman who, uh, I guess the midwife, says... It died from lack of attention. <laughs> and I'm sorry, Tamagotchi, that's just fucking dude. funny. <laughs> what, she didn't breastfeed a broken heart. <laughs> yeah. I, that was a very, very odd moment in the movie. Yeah, anyway, the six-year-old girl it, yeah. with a body of a, what, 16-year-old now? I don't know. Climbs the, the face of the rock wall and then falls down and then she dies. Scary. So yep. uh, they they, really they they're like, oh, we should probably leave this island because we're getting old and we don't want to. So uh, the calcium deficient woman goes into a cave. This is perhaps the most gruesome moment in the movie, and it's actually so gruesome that it's kind of ridiculous and sort of takes some of the sting off of it because she doesn't have enough calcium, so she's just breaking her bones on the walls. <laughs> and I'm like, she just becomes oh, like the ghost from Mama or some shit. Like, what the fuck is this thing? Yeah, but again, in a better movie, like this is fucking terrifying. Yeah, in a better movie, this uh, is a scene that sticks with you forever. But instead, you're watching old, so you're like, oh. Instead, you've been sitting here for an hour, being like, this is pretty fucking stupid. <laughs> and then when they leave, oh, by the way, this is a thrilling climactic fight with a guy with a useless knife, which we've established can't actually kill anyone because because your wounds heal too quickly, and a guy with a handful of sand. <laughs> 
Yeah, maybe put guns on the fucking island. I don't know. That whole scene is goddamn ridiculous. <laughs> Where he just slashes him like 40 times. As she slowly saunters off in the distance to get help. like Then he goes like, pocket sand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, no affinity for that, I can tell you. But then, uh, I don't know, everyone just gets old. And then uh, two of them die. And then, at the last second, he pulled out his secret cipher from the other autistic kid on the island. Uh, I mean, annoying kid on the island. And uh, it says, my uncle hates coral. He's like, huh. Why didn't we swim to that one really obvious weird part of this? Because <laughs> someone tried to swim out earlier and then his corpse just gets washed back in by the tide, which is pretty funny. But he swam in the wrong direction. Swim to the coral. Of I, I mean, I hate to say it, but this reminds me of like those old LucasArts adventure games where you're like, okay, I'm in an area. I don't know how to get out of here. What do I do? There's got to be something I can click on. Huh, I wonder if it's this big shining thing over here that's very easily clickable. Just go over there! Weird, I moved my cursor to this side, and then it turned into a pointer finger. I think I'm supposed to go this way. Just do that! So they decide to do that, and then the reveal. The twist is revealed. The beach makes people old. For a pharmaceutical company. See, that's the thing that gets me about this. research lab. Yeah. so funny. That's the thing that gets me about this one, man, is that, like, I kind of expected that one. It was another one, oh, Chris guessed the twist again, but I really was hoping there'd be something more, like, why and how does the beach make people older? No. Uh, We just found it. Turns out, uh, you know, advances time and stuff. So uh, how can I make money off this? Oh, big pharma. They try to push those vaccines on us. And we've always been saying that on here. We've been saying that since day one. Yeah, uh, you know, I was really inspired by that guy selling stuff. hats in your parking lot. A good small business. Yeah, owner. he had a lot to say. He had a lot to tell. <laughs> I a bet. lot of those people. Yes, he so, probably has some thoughts about the old man island. So you this know, here's the interesting thing: you could have ended the movie right as soon as you get to that reveal. You know, you could have just ended with him welcoming the beach to the next set of guests. But then it would have been any other movie. Instead, he has the two kids kids survive and say no they were very bad and stuff and i was like oh well now it's like any other story you know it's there's like nothing special about it because it feels like they're trying to do like a but it's for the greater good so are they the bad guys because the answer is yes they did it without their consent they're the bad guys yeah it's pretty it's pretty cut and dry here not like a, we've not, saved no shades of, of greatest lives, soon to be millions, and I'm just like, no, you have to start with millions of lives before I even start considering <laughs> the the you know the benefits here. Uh, so we tested on these sick people. Like the kids weren't sick. Yeah, exactly. They, exactly. they didn't have tumors. <laughs> you didn't even do like the fucking like the prisoner thing, like you like the fucking Dexter did, right? Where he like was only killing bad guys. He only kills the bad guys. We only put prisoners with tumors on the beach. You know, like he could have done that or something. Who knows? Ah, I just and wow. it takes so long to end. They yeah. look. Also, they, I didn't see. Sh- I'm not they should have died in that. They should have died in that coral. Let's be honest. Yeah, they probably should have died in the coral. And then their bodies could have washed up on the beach. The next people there could have realized something was wrong. But then they're trapped there. And that's scary. It doesn't save the movie. It doesn't make the movie good. But <laughs> no, I don't know if you can make like, this movie good. I have a notebook full of names. Here you go. Everyone's under arrest. Even you, waitress lady. You're complicit. Yeah. 
what was your name? Dementia or something? I don't even <laughs> DeSelda or something? I don't, I don't know. Some, some like, very obviously evil. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, that... I, I You say you still don't know if you liked it or not. I think I could safely say this movie was not good to me. I found it very, very boring. Um, I did not like it, Sam I am. But... Because here's the thing with better it. Than it's Devil. obviously not good. Has not made a lot of good movies in the last, oh, I don't know, 15 years. But uh, we sat out last week and watched The Batman. And before that started, we got a preview for the four DC movies coming out this year. And we'll have three or four Marvel movies. And we're going to have the fucking Super Pets. And we're going to have Morbius. And like, you know what? Just make one of these dumbass movies every two you years. Know, you're Who cares right, anymore? Yeah, that's a good Just point. go ahead. I don't care anymore. Just make something. Because I you can't know, take I can this. safely say I'm never going to see another movie with a six-year-old who's pregnant. Yeah, I mean, I, for when what you walked worth. in this movie... You probably didn't expect to see that, and that counts for something. Yep, I I learned something. I don't know if I want to learn it, but I did. So that's just how it goes sometimes. Yeah, it's just one of those days. <laughs> Hit the button. <laughs> no. I uh, well, that I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm I'm glad that I finally got that out of the way. Yet another M Night Shyamalan movie down. What should we do how for our movie? next episode? How many Shyamalan movies do you have left at this point? Uh, I didn't see, what was the one where there's like a cabin in the woods or something? I didn't see that the one. Visit? I think the visit, I didn't see. I heard it was actually, that's like legit his third best. And it probably is, but also you hate found footage movies, so it's oh, a it's wash. found footage? Oh, for yes, fuck's sake. All right. Yeah, boy, hey, do you hate annoying kids in his movies? Because, I holy autistic. shit. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. What did I say? <laughs> uh, I... <laughs> I think he also did a TV show, which I haven't watched. Which I no one has. A... It's not like Apple Plus or some shit. That's yeah, not it's real. like some sort of takeoff on Twin Peaks. I'm like, yeah, I'll get around to it. I, no. I don't know. What should we watch next? Uh, is next week your date with New Moon? Yep. <laughs> Let's, <do New> Moon. <laughs> Let's fucking do it, man. And Mac is going to be very happy when he finally gets around to when oh I finally upload this in May. <laughs> Oh my god, another hour long episode I could cry. And that's the tea, sis.